good day, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Back Porch Leadership, and I'm your host, Ken McQuiston. Hey, for all of us here at BPL, we want to thank you for your support. I've got to tell you that uh, our last episode where we had uh, a dear, dear friend of mine, Chief Retired Tony Brinkley, uh, I've gotten a ton of positive reviews on our conversation about leadership in general and, and how we can help each other. And uh, I'm looking forward to having Tony back on the show in the near term uh, as we as we move forward. But hey, I got to tell you, this week's conversation is uh, is going to be a little different, uh, and I'll tell you why. Given thought to all the things that we have going on in our world, let's think about it. Everything from you know we talk about the pandemic, we talk about the election, we talk about you know social unrest, all these things that are going on in our lives. We're also coming up to probably one of the most challenging times of the year, and that's when we start to celebrate the holidays. Uh, yes, Thanksgiving uh, is right in front of us uh, with, with Christmas and New Year's followed behind that. Uh, and for whatever faith that you follow, uh, this time of the year is pretty important to many. But it's also a time of the year with some of us struggle. And it was really brought to light to me uh, last week when... Uh, the company that I work for asked me to participate in a panel on Veterans Day to talk about post-traumatic stress and how it impacts our lives. Now, the panel members, one of them is the daughter of a Vietnam veteran who struggled with post-traumatic stress for many years. The next one, an Army infantry soldier who had multiple tours in Iraq during the Gulf War. The third, uh, a member of the elite U.S. Navy SEAL team, who had since separated from the military and working in the private sector. And then myself, uh, the Air Force guy, uh, the senior enlisted leader kind of guy. And the interesting piece to this was all four of us, although we were closely tied together through the military, all had different stories and had different challenges that we had uh, worked with, uh, with regard to post-traumatic stress. Now, with that being said, uh, I want to make sure that everyone's aware that although post-traumatic stress is normally associated with the military because of the nature of what members of the military do and those that are first responders, I want to make sure that everyone knows that at least from my perspective and those of medical professionals, which I am not one of, post-traumatic stress can come in many different forms. Uh, and you don't have to be a military member or a person of uh, a first responder to be impacted by PTS. So with that being said, uh, I'll, I've got to tell you that we did this panel discussion virtually and we heard that there were several hundred people on the call when we did it. And I've got to tell you, listening to the stories of my panel mates uh, was pretty interesting and compelling. The one thing that I found from the stories, whether it was from the daughter of the Vietnam veteran, the Army veteran, the uh, Navy SEAL, or myself, one thing rang true. And that was we've all dealt with post-traumatic stress in some way, shape, or form. Also, the way it has impacted each of us has been different. 
And the other part to it was we have all identified that we as leaders, no matter what phase of life we were in, many times felt alone. Now think about that. For us as being leaders, we continually talk to people about, you know, we as leaders need to motivate, inspire, and, you know, get people to go to higher places and and be able to get people to think bigger and try to support them as they grow. But yet, we don't always give enough thought to the premise that all of us have issues as well. And of course, the one thing that I see as a defining factor in all of it is that if we are a leader, no matter where we lead, we never want to be the one that says we need help. Because many people assume that asking for help is a sign of weakness. It's a sign that we may not be as good as we think we are, or We don't want to expose others to the challenges or issues that we have faced in our lives. The reason I say that is from, you know, after listening to my other panel members, I can attribute this directly to my own personal story. You know, when I first, you know, like everybody else, I mean, I've, I've got a few more laps around the sun than most. You know, we have four children, we have grandchildren and, and all that. You know, I've been in the business world, I've been in the military. I, I'd like to say that I'm a guy that has a pretty good wealth of experience. And as you get older and as you get more mature in life, you seem to think that just because you've experienced things and we consider ourselves functional experts in a lot of things, sometimes even the art of leadership, that we don't give enough thought to the process that, hey, guess what? Not only are we leaders, not only are we experienced, but we're human beings. And to coin a phrase from my dad, we all put our pants on one leg at a time every morning. And with that, I want to make sure that we understand this as leaders, no matter what our situation in life is, is that we have issues and we have challenges. And granted, you know, depending on what that issue or challenge is, we may be able to deal with it in our, you know, using our life experiences and be able to get through it. And it's not that big of a deal. But the thing that we continually encourage our people to do, whether they're professionals that we work with or people in our personal lives, is we try to encourage people to talk. We try to encourage people to open up. We try to get leaders to focus on the key aspect of developing trust with the people that we work with and those that are in our lives every day. And to be able to use that foundation of trust to be able to gain respect and insight and give the people that we are influencing the comfort in coming to us when they have issues or challenges. But yet, ask yourself this. Who do you talk to when you have an issue or a challenge? I will tell you that when I came back from my first deployment uh, from 2002 to 2003, 
When I came home, I found myself feeling like, one, that I had left my family for such a long time that I had done them a significant disservice. But when I walked back into the house and I would have conversations with my wife and my children, I found it difficult to talk about the deployment, not because it was uncomfortable, but I didn't feel that they could relate to what happens when you go on one of these events. So I automatically put myself in a box. And I would say, hey, everything's great, everything's okay. But the people that I felt comfortable about talking, the people I felt comfortable talking to were those men and women who I deployed with. You know, those folks that were out there basically eating the same dirt and doing the same things that you were doing every day. Now compound that by the fact that from a military perspective, the unit that I was deployed with, I was considered the senior enlisted leader. In other words, I was the command chief for the unit. And I initially thought that, well, I can't share the challenges or issues that I'm thinking about with people simply because I'm supposed to be the one, I don't know, in charge. I'm supposed to be the decision guy. I'm supposed to be the motivator, the inspirational foundation. I'm supposed to be the one that ensures that the mission gets accomplished. I'm not supposed to be the guy that's having issues or challenges. That was my thought. And even when I came back and had conversations with not only military people, but even my own family, I found the things that like had bothered me were things that I wouldn't talk about to anyone because ah, they wouldn't get it. Or that if I did talk about it, someone might think less of me that, you know, I wasn't the tough guy. Now, give that some thought to all of you, especially those of you out here that are filling leadership roles. You know, when you think about what we do as leaders, what exactly are we doing when we tell people they need to do this or to do that, but yet we aren't the ones doing it ourselves? In other words, are we walking the walk that we tell people that we're doing? And I have to tell you what, what I found really, really interesting about this panel that I sat on was that I found it not only an opportunity for me to share a story, but I found it quite cathartic in the fact that I felt comfortable talking about the issue because the other people that were on the panel were people that had addressed similar things. Now granted, all different services, all different walks of life, different genders, different you know career fields within the military. But at the same time, I felt comfortable having that conversation with them. And before we even got on the call, a couple of days before we had the panel, I asked the panel members to get on a call and specifically asked each of them if there were any issues or topics that they did not want to talk about or stray away from. And the reason for that is I wanted them to feel comfortable while we sat on the panel. And then if there was a, you know, a buzzword or something like that that might make them feel uncomfortable, that at least the other three on the panel knew about it. 
so we could step in and help if we needed to. And as I went back and think about, thought about that after the panel was over, I thought at that point in time, we were doing exactly what we needed to do. We were looking out for each other. We didn't want any of the other three panel members to feel bad about what they were talking about because we understood what each other had gone through. So the reason I talk about that is because as we go through this crazy thing called life, even for us as leaders, we, you know, they say that the closer you get to the top of the pyramid, the fewer people that you can confide in because they may look at it as a threat to your leadership or a sign of weakness. When in actuality, when you look at the pyramid, the strength of the pyramid does not come from the top of it. It comes from the foundation below it. Think about that. The places that we are in our lives as leaders are those types of places that we need to be able to, just like anybody else involved in it, need to be able to rely on each other when we face challenges. And especially for us as leaders, being able to ask for help when it's needed is an incredible strength, not nearly a morsel of weakness. You know, I've, I've given a lot of thought to this over the last, you know, seven or eight days. Because as you know, I've taken a break. I took a break from a couple of episodes because I just needed to refocus and get to what we needed to be, at least for me and the messages I want to share with all of you. And the fact of the matter is, is that no matter where we are in the leadership chain, whether we're that brand new leader, you know, that fresh out of college graduate or that fresh out of high school person, or whether we're in the military or in the civilian sector, or no matter what our profession is in life, whether we're digging ditches or making decisions as CEOs, that we realize that each and every one of us are first and foremost human beings. We're men and women that the things that we have in common with is that we all wake up in the morning and we go to sleep at night and we face the challenges that are before us on the day. And at the end of the day, we hope we can feel strong and feel happy about what we have done. Now granted, not every day is a rainbow and unicorns and stuff like that. Some days are much more challenging than others. But the thing that we need to recognize is that strength is shown by our ability to rely on others, not in keeping things bottled up inside. You know, I find it pretty interesting that I can, I felt more comfortable and, you know, after the panel than I did beforehand. And I'll tell you another reason why I think that's pretty darn important. Because within an hour after the panel was over, I had made a comment during the panel that I was here for you if you need me. Don't be afraid to reach out to me. I even offered my personal cell phone number to folks to give me a call if they had an issue or a challenge. 
in a very short order, I'd gotten no less than either 10 emails or text messages from people simply saying thank you for what we, the issues that we talked about while we were on the panel. Now, I'm sure some of them were just, hey, thank you for your service because it was a Veterans Day event and, and things like that. But really, there were three or four of them that actually came out and started telling me a story about how something related to post-traumatic stress impacted their lives. And I felt that even though you feel uncomfortable when you're sharing some challenging experiences in your life, that when you do that, even if it's only one person that you have helped, it's a good thing. And think about this from a leadership perspective. Maybe that one person that you helped is the one you look at in the mirror every day when you get up. I think many times we lose sight of the fact that we sometimes need help just like anybody else does. Now granted, for the longest time, I would not talk to anybody about, you know, some of the things that I was experiencing or things that I saw. And that was not just in my military career, it's in my personal life too. There was a period in time when I was retiring from the military, didn't know what kind of job I was going to have or if I was going to be, get a job. You know, we had, I had a, uh, an issue with someone battling cancer in my family and mother passed away and trying to help my dad who was now living on his own. All these things <clears throat> that I would refer to as a perfect storm of badness there was only one person that I felt comfortable about talking, talking to about it, and that was my wife. She became that person that sat at the end of the counter and just sometimes just listened to me ramble for a while. Because I thought she got it. She understood. And to this day, she's the person that I trust the most with anything that's happened in my life. But the other thing I realized as going through that process was, you know, we all have crappy days. Let's not miss an opportunity to ask for help when we need it. You know, for those of you who have been in the military, we, you know, we, we talk about things like reaching out to mental health professionals and and to uh, reach out to the Veterans Administration, or if you're still wearing a uniform and on active duty, we encourage you to visit your mental health professionals at your installations. And those days back when I was a you know younger enlisted guy, we used to refer to the mental health clinic as the Spots and Dots Clinic. And God forbid if you were the guy or the gal that had your car parked in front of that clinic, because that usually meant bad things were going to happen. People were going to see that as a sign of weakness and nothing good would come from it. But let me assure you of this. I am 100% confident that that is not the case anymore. We have some of our most senior military leaders 
who have come out and talked about openly the challenges that they have had to deal with with post-traumatic stress. And again, post-traumatic stress is not just tied to military service or those of first responders, but every single one of us. Think about what's going on in the world right now. We have a global pandemic. We have a contentious election and social strife. If that doesn't give all of us a certain amount of stress, we're, we're not breathing. I know for a fact I have grave concerns about the pandemic because it has impacted my family. Fortunately for us, the outcome has been uh, good so far. But I have an 83-year-old father who lives by himself. I have a brother and sister uh, living uh, in different parts of the country. And of course, my wife and my wife's family. And of course, our own children and grandchildren. I worry for them every day. Just this week, we had to cancel our Thanksgiving dinner that every year has been synonymous with family and bringing everyone together. Now granted, I know some of you are, are going to do it, and I'm not going to judge what you do and what you don't do. But I will tell you this. I was faulting on the side of caution, my wife and I, to try to ensure the safety and health of our children just in case someone had come in contact with the virus. Think about the stress of not being able to see your family. Because, you know, we often joke about the stress of family. You know, having everybody around a table and arguments and, you know, him and hawing about one thing or another. But now the stress that many of us are facing is the stress of separation and not being together. So I encourage you to do a couple of things. And of course, I am not a medical professional, do not claim to be, but just a couple of tips that have helped me along the way that may be helpful to you. First, understand that you are not alone. You are loved, you are cared for, and you're needed. Don't ever underestimate the power and value of what you bring to life. Because without you, the world is not a good place. Second, never be afraid to ask for help. Whether it's through a medical professional, a family member, a co-worker, a friend, uh, through your church or your religious communities, don't be afraid to ask for help. There is always somebody out there willing to listen and ready to help. Third, understand that no matter where you are in the food chain of life, whether you're that youngest kid in school or that most senior executive or the retired professional, no matter where you are in life, we all put our pants on one leg at a time every morning and that we all have issues and challenges. And of course, fourth, never forget that there is never going to be a time in your life where someone is not willing to reach out and help you. And then lastly, 
Don't ever underestimate the comments of somebody else. If somebody calls you and asks you for help, don't put them off. Stop what you're doing and address the issue. If they need assistance above and beyond your capabilities, don't worry about pissing them off or losing them as a friend. Because if that's your prime concern, you're, you're more concerned about yourself than you are about them. Reach out, whether it's police, whether it's medical professionals, whether it's other family members, whether it's friends, to get the person the help that they need. I would much rather lose a friend than lose a life. And at the end of the day, for all the folks out there that are listening that are friends of mine, and maybe former co-workers or current co-workers, I am always here for you. I may not be able to do anything other than just listen, but I guarantee if you call me or reach out to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I'll be there to listen to you. I will put other things off to try to help you and find the resources that you need. You know, folks, it's, it's kind of interesting that... We, we, we look at these things like social status and, you know, and, and we try to think that we're above something. I can tell you right now, I've been very blessed in my life. To have the career I have, to have the family I have, to have the opportunity to serve in our country and, you know, and loved ones, you know, more than I could ever count. But that doesn't mean that I don't have issues and challenges like everybody else. So no matter, so matter now how old you are, where you're at in your life, don't ever think that you're alone. Don't ever think that there's not somebody out there that either you can help or even more importantly can help you. So with all that being said, I know this was kind of a challenging conversation today. And I hope that if only one person found value in my thoughts today, then you know what? I'll be able to sleep well tonight. And if you know that there are people in your life that you think might need a message like this, give them a call. Talk to them. Have a conversation with them. Ask them if they're okay. Because nine times out of ten, you're going to be able to tell whether they are or they aren't. And if you can do that, there's a good, it's a good thing. You know, I've got somebody really, really important to me in my life, you know, and uh, this guy knows exactly who he is. I love him more than life itself. I've known him since the day he was born. And he's probably the one that gave me some of the best insight just by watching how he dealt with some of the challenges that he dealt with in his life. I gained strength by someone much, much, much younger than me. And to this day, a day never goes by where I don't tell him how much I love him and how much he means to me. And how my wife and I would not be who we are today without him. But folks, it's really, really important for all of you to know that there's always somebody out there willing to listen.
willing to help no matter where we are. So with that being said, I'm going to wrap up this week's episode and uh, I'll take a short break and then come back with some final thoughts. Have a great day and remember, lead on. Hey everybody, welcome back. And thank you all for taking the time to to listen to our episode today about post-traumatic stress. You know, it's it's a very important topic and I know one that's not, you know, one that people like to talk about a lot, but I think it was very important and valuable, especially for all of us as leaders. But one of the things I like to tell folks as leaders is never miss an opportunity to say thank you. And of course, I would not be able to do things like this podcast if it had not been for folks like my family, you know, my wife, my kids, my grandkids, my uh, my dad, my brother and sister and their families, and, and all of our extended family throughout the world. Also, my fellow military veterans that uh, have been very, very important to me in my life as well. But you know, when it came to putting this podcast together, I had a I had some folks that were really, really pushing me to do this, and I think it's important to share some thanks for them. You know, one of them is a guy named Pete Sullivan. Pete is a retired Army colonel. He and I uh, became connected when I first entered retired life. He was my onboarding buddy for the first company that I worked for as I uh, entered the commercial world, civilian world. And Pete has been a guy that has listened to every episode, has given me feedback on all of them, and has stayed a continuous part of my life post my military career uh, since 2010. Uh, You know, Pete's just a great, great guy and someone I I think uh, deserves some recognition. As well, a guy like Mike Eames, who's another guy that I work with. He's another one that not only talk to me about the the podcast, but even send me some ideas on things and topics he thinks we should talk about. And of course, most of you have heard the episode that I've had with Chief Retired Tony Brinkley, another lifelong friend. And other folks, like another guy I work with, his name is Blake Henderson. He's been a guy that uh, he loves podcasts. And when, when I first had the idea of putting one together, He's the one that kind of needled me every couple of weeks. Hey, you got that thing ready? You got that thing ready? And of course, I've got uh, family members like uh, uh, one of my sons who continually gives me feedback on the episodes, uh, gives me topics, and even the one who said, hey, Dad, you need to get more people to come onto the show and talk. So for all of you out there who have been supporters of my family and I, and these crazy ideas that I come up with. Of course, some people think that even doing a podcast is kind of crazy for me, that, uh, that I appreciate it and I'm thankful for all of you. I've realized a long time ago that nothing that we have in our lives comes to us by ourselves, especially things in our lives that are of value. You know, it's really, really cool for us to get an award, get a trophy, be recognized, do this or do that. But if you do it by yourself, it truly doesn't mean a whole lot. So granted, I'm not the big pro at this thing. I, you know, I, I build these episodes on 
either my iPad, my laptop, or to be quite honest, I'm recording this part right now while I'm sitting in a McDonald's parking lot using my cell phone. Yeah, I still have this morning thing where every once in a while I need an Egg McMuffin, uh, so I do that. But having this opportunity to share some thoughts, I hope is helpful to some of you. And if it is, that's really cool. And if not, maybe I give you something to laugh about every once in a while from some of the silly things that I might say. But I want everyone to know that as we enter this holiday season, starting with Thanksgiving in the next couple of days, never miss an opportunity to tell those around you that are important just how much you love them and care for them. You know, in this crazy world where we have to keep social distancing and, you know, we're not allowed to do the hugging and and kissing and stuff like that that we might have been doing uh, an awful lot in the past because if anybody knows me, I'm a hugger. But that doesn't mean you don't have the opportunity to call somebody up on the phone or text them or send them an instant message or a note on Facebook or whatever platform that you use or FaceTime or, you know, what a video connection. Because even in the worst of days, sometimes the only thing people need to do is hear from you. Never miss an opportunity to reach out, even if it might be time-consuming or inconvenient. And on behalf of me and, you know, and the, and the Back Porch leadership team, which, well, is me, I want to send out our very, very most heartfelt happy Thanksgiving to those of you who celebrate it and wish you all the best in this holiday season. Now, I'm back in the saddle again, so I'm looking for some more topics to talk about. And hopefully, uh, in the next several days, uh, I'll have an epiphany of something I think would be helpful to discuss. But also, I do have a couple of folks uh, lined up that uh, we're going to have his guests on the show to get some uh, input from them. So to all of you and all of your families, thank you so very much for giving me the opportunity to do this uh, and taking time from your lives and your days to uh, listen. And uh, just remember, be the best you can be. That's all you can ask for. Love and care for those in your life. And never miss the opportunity to say thank you. So all of you, I wish you a great day, have a great weekend, have a great holiday season, and lead on.